911. What is your emergency? Ladies never kiss and tell, but we do kill and tell. This podcast is presented by House Enterprise. For more information on today's case, visit house-enterprise.com for the full story. Hey guys! Welcome back. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kelsey. And this is... Kill and Tell Podcast. Wow. A bonus. (laughs) Well, on that note. So today is a bonus episode, so happy Wednesday... Today is Wednesday for you, but it's Saturday for us. Happy Wednesday. Okay, so basically we wanted to do an update episode on a case that got quite a bit of traction. So here we are, giving you a case update and a bonus episode on this fine little hump day. We only have one mic. And we're sharing because we're waiting for Austin to get a cord for Kaylee's microphone. Um, So if the audio is odd, we apologize. If the audio is odd. Audio. Audio. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Okay, so today we have an update on the Baylor basketball scandal, and I ended up getting access to the documentary, thankfully. Which is called Disgrace. Yes, and I would highly recommend watching it if you haven't, because I, first of all, I started crying at the end. It was really heartbreaking and sad, so. I still haven't seen it. It's upsetting. I'll send you the link. But there's lots of updates. I wrote them all down so that you guys could be a part of it. And um, I know there were quite a few people that were pretty enraged after that episode because it was a very heart-wrenching, enraging episode. So, the first update. This one has nothing to do with the case. I just kind of found it odd. Is that, uh, first of all, okay, going into this, I think Carlton's innocent, by the way. Which, last time we left off, we thought he was guilty, and we thought that the coaches and everyone else was covering it up, so I'm curious to see why you think. Yes. I think that he's involved, but I think that he is definitely the scapegoat. So the first thing is that Carlton's high school coach basically wanted Carlton to marry his daughter. That has nothing to do with the case. I just kind of found that, like... What? (laughs) Like, that's how good of a person Carlton was, and, like... His high school coach was, he was like, yeah, he's someone I would want to marry my daughter. Like, I hoped he would marry my daughter. And I was like, oh, okay, odd. And then they interviewed Harvey. So you hear Harvey speak and you see him speak. And the first thing that Harvey does when he speaks is he was like, and like, to me, like, this isn't something an innocent person would do. He immediately was like, yeah, when I met Patrick, the first thing he did was offer me drugs. Like, that's like that's really weird. That's weird, don't you think? Now, Harvey's the third roommate they had, right? Yeah, and Harvey's the one who, if you guys don't remember, Harvey's the one that made the threat. Yes. And Harvey's the one that they were scared of. 
So I just find it kind of weird that like you're going on a show and you know, you go to get interviewed and the first thing that you say is, yeah, when I first met Patrick, he offered me drugs. It's like you're already deflecting. Yeah. And like trying to like create an agenda and a scenario and a story. So then Coach Bliss gets on and positions how he's a good Christian and how God punishes him every single day and how he has to live with it and how it was kind of his life that was ruined. Yeah. Poor him. Yeah. I think that his intentions of like being a coach are pure, but I don't think his intentions of like being a good person are pure because he just sounds like he's like, he just sounds like he's like, you know, deflecting and projecting all the feelings that he has onto other people and like blaming them. And he did call Patrick a druggie and like, it was kind of weird in the way he did it. Like he got up and was like whispering to the guy behind the camera. So that's how you heard it. It was very odd. Oh, seriously? Yeah. And he was saying things like, you can't repeat what I'm saying. Like, don't repeat it. Like in a really weird way. Um... So what someone said, and I forget who, was that the threat was that Harvey and his cousin, Larry, came into Patrick and Carlton's apartment and put guns to the back of their heads and made a threat regarding money. Oh my God. So it was serious enough where that's why they felt like they needed to go out and get guns. Yeah. And Harvey did not deny like he basically is like i didn't do that but it was more it wasn't truly like a denial it was just kind of like the no i didn't do that and then he moved on like quickly like tried to position the drug thing so i was like so like so you did do it right yeah like mm, so i mm, think so harvey then goes to say that he was selling cocaine for the assistant coach but the assistant coach had only been employed there for 12 days and again, I don't believe that because if you like look at the assistant coach, he he's interviewed a lot and he's does you just you go yeah that guy's not involved with drugs right. like drug peddling like he's like a genuinely kind person he works in a prison now to reform people and educate them so yeah that would be quite the plot twist if he was yeah yeah Carlton so they play the confession tapes and you immediately know that something's wrong because you know how people like when there's something mentally going on and they're having like kind of that psychotic break and i'm i'm not a medical professional so my terms are probably off but like when they start to laugh and they like they're talking to someone but they're then they're talking to themselves and they're like ah like carlton why did you do that like they do things like that like that's what the interviews were so to me i was like he should not have even been interviewed by himself. Like, you know what I mean? You know? Is that like a thing? Yeah. I wonder if there's a way we can share a link or something to the confession tapes or if it's only on that documentary. documentary. I'll try to find them and post them. But like, me looking at that, like, I would have said that that's not admissible in court because you can tell that something's wrong. Like, that that's not a true confession because you don't actually know. Now, was he checked out by a psychiatrist? And three of them said that he was not competent to stand trial. So I don't know how you can like, I don't know how you can deem someone incompetent for trial, but then say that their confession is competent. 
You know what I mean? Like Right, it doesn't make sense. No, and it's like cherry picking. And oh, Okay, this is when I got pissed. The defense told Carlton that the deal was for five years if he pled guilty. But they were lying because there was no deal. So they had him plead guilty under the pretense that he was pleading guilty for five years in prison, but there wasn't a deal. There was no deal. The judge, the original judge... Can't he appeal because of that? No. Because they said, if you if you um, plead guilty, you waive your right to an appeal. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. These are his lawyers. These are his lawyers that are from Baylor. They're Baylor University alumni. The judge, the original judge, got removed because I think the prosecutors and the defense wanted a different judge. They brought in, are you ready? This is what I mean. I hate culty school people. They brought in a judge who was also a Baylor alumni. No, you can't do that. Yes. 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 That's guilty by association. Yep. So the new judge basically sentenced him to his sentence, which I think was... 30 years maybe i have to look that up but so he must have been like wait wait a minute guys what what happened about five years so he pled guilty so he waived his right to an appeal and waived his right to a trial so there was no jury so there were three baylor alumni people basically making this decision the defense confirmed that they did tell harvey or not harvey they told carlton that he should just plead guilty because it was making baylor look bad and the judge also said can you please just hurry up and plead guilty? Like, this isn't a good look for Baylor. These are people in our legal system, by the way. Yep. So, within days of being sentenced, Carlton realized kind of, like, what had happened and kept begging and crying and pleading for an appeal, saying that he didn't know that it was made under false pretenses, but because he signed all of it, you can't do anything. Like, he willingly signed it away. Even them knowing that it was a lie? Yeah, because they're, they're just saying, no, we told him. Yeah. Yep. But now say that they were like, okay, yeah, it was a lie. Do you think that he would have been able to get an appeal? No, because with pleading guilty, they snuck in there that he also waived his right to obtain any lawyer in Texas. What the So fuck? he lost everything. And was basically put in jail to shut up. There was no appeal. There was no right to an attorney. There was no lawyer. He couldn't obtain any lawyer in Texas and still can't. So like, this is, this is what I mean. This is really weird. This is weird because even somebody who commits a murder still has access to all these things. Like it was basically like, we need to get him in there and take away every single opportunity that he has to come out and say anything. Do you know what I, like this That's is a huge this red is, flag. It's ginormous. I was watching this and I was like, why are people not angry? I am sitting here like bawling my eyes out like this poor guy. Um, and. Now Carlton's still in jail, right? Yes. In Texas. <laughs> After his sentencing from that judge that went to Baylor. Do you want to know what his attorneys did? Went on camera and praised that judge for the no. remarkable job that he did and no. said that, like, this was deserved and that Baylor didn't deserve this. I was literally like, wait, what the heck? Like, your client just got sentenced and you're on there, like, like idolizing the judge. Yeah. And talking about Baylor. Weird. Um, 
this whole thing is sketchy. Like, it just shows that there's yep. something else going on. Friends, family, and teammates, because, again, they interviewed all these people, believe that Harvey was either there when Patrick was shot or that Harvey was the one who pulled the trigger. People do not believe that Carlton pulled the trigger. Really? People believe that Larry Johnson, which is Harvey's cousin, was the one who pulled the trigger. Why? Because on the day that Patrick went missing, Larry Johnson was told to go home and get out of Texas by Coach Bliss. How do you... Who's... Wait, what? Coach Bliss paid for a bus ticket for Larry Johnson, which is Harvey Thomas's cousin. Now, was Larry on the basketball team? Uh, no. Okay. But two days before Patrick went missing, Coach Bliss asked Harvey if he knew anyone that had a gun. And Harvey said, yeah, my cousin Larry. And then Coach Bliss called Larry. The day that Patrick went missing, Coach Bliss bought Larry Tom, Larry Johnson, good Lord, these names are all so similar, a bus ticket and told him, quote, make sure he gets on that bus and make sure he does not come back here until we say so, quote. And how did they find this out? They all admitted it. Larry admitted it. Hart, like, yeah. Even Coach Bliss admitted it? Um, no, he says he doesn't know anything about that. Oh, I hate and, him. and the assistant coach came out and was like, yeah, that's 100% true. Because I was the one that had to go pick up Larry and put him on the bus and buy that bus ticket. And I was there when, yeah. This is what I mean. This is like freaking insane. This is, this is, that's all the updates I have. But like. How did the authorities not do anything about this? Because they all go to freaking Baylor. And Baylor's not even that good of a school. <laughs> Sorry, no, you guys go to Baylor. No, honest to God, fuck Baylor, okay? I'm fucking pissed. No, I literally, I'm so mad. I was sobbing. I was like looking at Carlton. I was like, he's innocent. And then I was like, I'm going to write to him. And then I was like, what am I going to say? No, honest to God. He's going to be like this 25 year old girl from Boston's writing to me. Like, what the heck? Carlton keeps saying he didn't do it. He keeps saying he was set up. And to me, I'm like, why would you put someone in jail and then take away every single access that they have to pleading their case or another trial or anything if they truly did it? You would, you would trust the evidence enough. I'm Googling Carlton right now. Like, Don't even do it because it's going to make you cry because he just looks sad and everything. And I don't know. People are probably like, Kelsey, he's a murderer and you're being really sweet. And that's just not how it works. But just, I don't... Uh... Isn't, this, isn't, this, isn't this odd? So he's serving at 35 years, right? 35, yeah. Okay. I thought it was 30, yeah. And how many is he in now? I think he was sentenced in 2003. Yeah. Wait. Let me tell you something. This kid's first shot at parole is this year, and I want to be on a flight to Texas and scream at how culty this school is. Mind you, this school is the, also the school that had a rape crisis that didn't do anything about it. Remember? This, mm-hmm. Yeah, this school sucks, and they need to let their bears out of captivity. Yes. I have no words. Isn't it just appalling? Oh, and Baylor makes you freaking pay to read about the Baylor rape crisis. Wait, what? Yeah. 
I've tried to read about it, and they just make you pay for it, so. Um, like, it's on their website? No. Like, the articles, the news articles. I've found that a lot lately, that you have to pay for a lot of articles, and it's like, this should all be public knowledge. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the Boston Globe archives, you need a subscription to access them online, mm-hmm. which I don't think is right. No, and I tried to read about the Sydney Loof case, and... It the Omaha and all of them were making me pay for it, and I was like, I, why can't I just read it? Right, right. Like, who's paying for this? I'm not. I will literally find. I will actually go interview people before I pay a journalist company to no, give me I'll any No, I'll fly to Texas and go hang out with Carlton myself before. No, I'm upset. I'm I'm genuinely upset because they when I watched that documentary, I was like, I know that these things have a way of like steering you in a direction, but something's off here. And I thought something was off the entire time I did my research. And I even said it in the episode. Something's wrong. Something doesn't make sense. The series of events and how quickly they were like, nope, Carlton. Yeah. When you don't just turn on your best friend. You don't just be like, okay, I'm going to kill you today. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. And how quickly Coach Bliss was to be like, yep, it was Carlton. Right, right. But now the question is, why did Coach Bliss want Patrick dead? Dun, dun, dun. But really, though, like, what was his reasoning? He probably had something against Coach Bliss. Also, guys, this is all speculation. Yeah. I mean, Coach Bliss, if you're listening, I still hate you. But, like, <laughs> this is like this is just our guess at what's happening here. He probably had something big on him. Yeah. He was probably... <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a big jump, guys. Sorry. <laughs> We're just going to take it down a notch. He probably... Aren't a good Catholic or Christian now, are you, kid? Maybe he was like to pay for the the team's scholarships. Mm. Or maybe he was. Can we put all this in here? I don't know. Like, I don't want to get sued for like defamation, but I also fucking hate him. That like, okay, <laughs> take me to court. Let's no, go. You'll end up in jail, with Carlton. Good, good. I can get the truth. <laughs> I'll take one for the team. Oh, honest to God. Take one for the team. <laughs> I'll literally, like, interview me on, like, the little jail phones. Be like, what did you find out? And I'll be like, okay, I found out. And you'll be like, okay, but Kelsey, you're literally in a Massachusetts women prison. Like, Carlton's <laughs> in Texas in a maximum security mail facility. I'll be like, no, 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 it's fine. People talk in here. People share stories. <laughs> okay, guys, I have an update. Ooh. Now that we're talking about updates, I was like, mm, okay, I got one. So about my cousin Pamela Nigro's murder, I had another cousin reach out to me saying that... Oh, no. Were more family members of yours murdered? No. Okay. No. Paul Dunn, the murderer, is enrolled in the Mass Corps program in Milford, Mass. It's where prisoners make furniture or work on electronics. It's a vocational program for the prisoners. He got life, but he is sadly not dead yet. Oh, oh. Oh. Yeah, that's it. So he's just whittling away He's like furniture. Carving tables. Uh-huh. <laughs> Imagine having a table in your kitchen that was made by a prisoner. It was like Ted Bundy whittled you a table. Oh my god. This was made by and it says on it like made by inmate number one seven six A sixteen and you're like, Oh <laughs> Tommy Jones. Wait. 
And then you could like look them up and it was like a pen pal thing. Yeah, you're like convicted (laughs) of cannibalism and you're like, oh, can't wait to message you. (laughs) Thank you for my decor. I really completed my living room. (laughs) Austin's giving us these like, what am I watching right now? (laughs) Okay. So that's it. That's it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our first bonus episode. And as always... Keep it spooky. Give a smooch, Austin. <laughs> <laughs>